with you all, and, uh, and just to, even just to, to help just share about past revivals. It's like, wow, I was thinking about it. It's like, God, what is God doing on these Friday nights? And you guys listening to stories about revival from the Brownsville revival. And last week I got shared some about the Azusa revival, and Jim shared um, about the awakening in Kansas City. And it's like one of the things I, that crossed my mind was like, God wants you guys to catch something. Mm-hmm. And, and for something also to be imparted with you guys and something that you guys can expect um, to, to be a part of and, and there's actually greater things are yet to come like these these revivals that we're talking about were awesome in impact and, and what and, and the testimonies that came forth and the, and the global impact that they have but what's coming is going to be even greater than, than these and you guys and us older <laughs> older guys and girls and gals get to be a part of it, and uh, uh, it's awesome. And it just reminds me of like what the what the Israelites did in teaching the younger generations about the mighty acts of God when He led them out of Egypt, and just the power that was released on 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 their behalf. And um, so it reminded me also of a passage in the Book of Judges. You guys know the story of Gideon. You know the story of Gideon. You young life should know the story of Gideon. Yeah. What's that? I know him. Anyway, so just, yeah, it's not what I want to talk about tonight, but <laughs> just briefly because it reminds me of like of the generation that hasn't experienced like what they experienced. Like I haven't even experienced what, what, what happened in 1995. I got to experience some of what happened in Kansas City in 2010 and 2011. But nothing like that, nothing like in 1906, Azusa Street. And, uh, but God's doing something, and he's, he's stirring us up for this. And I think the other part of why we're teaching on it is because God wants your guys' heart to be stirred and what to expect and what to come and what to prepare for. Because anyways, Gideon, the angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon in the book of Judges. And he, uh, he was nothing but a mighty warrior at the time with the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus before he was God in the flesh, God in the body. Um, uh, <laughs> right? That's what they say, God in the body, right? I remember, yeah. <laughs> Before he was God in his body, he was the angel of the Lord in the New Testament. I'm shouting out young life. Um, he was the angel of the Lord in the New Testament. He comes to this guy named Gideon, and, uh, and he says, uh, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But at the time, he was nothing but a mighty warrior, but the God saw what he would be. And uh, anyway, so I want to read just real quick, just uh, his encounter with the angel of the Lord, because the uh, at this time the, the the Israelites were under severe oppression because they had they had backslid and, and fell into compromise, and and uh, there was a discipline that came upon them from other nations, and it was harsh, and so they were under this yoke of oppression when the angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon, because that was God's chosen vessel um, to deliver. Uh, the Israelites. So here he goes. Here we go. And it uh, starts in the book. Of, it's Judges six, uh, chapter six begins to the whole account. But uh, but it says one day the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the oak tree at Ophrah, and the farm not Oprah but Ophrah, <laughs> <laughs> on the farm of Joash the Abiezrite. Uh, Joash's son Gideon had been threshing wheat by hand in the bottom of a great press. A pit where grapes were pressed to make wine, for he was hiding from the Midianites, who and the Midianites would come and you know take their stuff, take their crops, burn them, just just to straight up oppress the Israelites. 
Um, so he was threshing wheat in a place that wasn't supposed to, where wheat wasn't supposed to be threshed, but he had to hide it from him. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, now I'm reading from the Living Bible, which is a paraphrase, so it's going to be a little different than what you might be used to. But the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty soldier, the Lord is with you. Uh, stranger, did he reply, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And this, this is the part where it reminds me of like a generation that hasn't experienced uh, what these revivals, what people have experienced in these revivals. So stranger Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors have told us about, such as when God brought them out of Egypt? Um, now the Lord has thrown us away and has let the Midianites completely ruin us. Then the Lord turned to him and said, I will make you strong. Go and save Israel from the Midianites. I am, I, I am sending you. So anyways, it goes on to this whole account. But it just reminded me of that. It's like, where are all the miracles? Like, you guys ask yourself, like, where is all this stuff? Mm -hmm. Where are all these things that took place long ago? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And we see, we get to see, like, little tokens of it here and there. But, man, I just, I, I, I'm excited for, for what's coming. Because, like I said, well, for what's coming is going to be greater than what, than these things that we're able to learn about and see from the past. And we need to honor those, honor those things and like learn from them and let it stir our faith and our hearts for what's coming. So with that, I just wanted, my, my main purpose was to share, go back to the Azusa revival that I talked about, the Azusa Street revival. And for those who weren't here last week, it happened in the Los Angeles in 1906. Say, wow, that's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. <laughs> long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. Over a hundred years ago. <laughs> Whoa. But the impact was <laughs> incredible and these miracles. I got eight miracles that I want to share with you guys tonight. Eight. You guys up for that? Can you handle that? Can you handle Two of them I kind of shared last week, but there's more to those miracles. So, and uh, man, there's more. There's more that I want to share too. Um, but man, God's glory would come into these meetings. And what they would call the Shekinah glory. It says Shekinah glory. Shekinah glory. It says Shekinah. Shekinah. Glory. Shekinah. Shekinah. Glory. You guys ever heard about that? Shekinah glory? Corey Asbury's song. There's a really neat video of him singing that when the awakening is going on. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, they're just going nuts. He's going nuts on the guitar. And it's, I watched it today. But, um, so anyways, what they call And what the Shekinah glory is... It's the manifestation of God's abiding presence. Like, I'm talking about the presence getting thick in the room. And to where, and my wife wanted me to share about this, where like, they would see the visible manifestation of the Shekinah glory. And what it would do is it would fill the room and then spill out into the streets. And what they would see was a flames of fire shooting 50 feet from the rooftop. And that was one of the manifestations. And then 50 feet from that flame of fire, there was a ball of fire where fire would come down and mix with that, the, the, the first flame of fire that was reaching out. And they said when, when, the, when that would manifest, that's when like the big miracles would take place. Say so big miracles. Big miracles. Big, big miracles. Big, big miracles. <laughs> Mighty miracles. No. And that's, when, that's when the miracles would take place. Big miracles would take place. And it would be so like, it would, it, would, it would look so like, it would look like the building was on fire that they would call, people would call 911, would call the fire department and say, hey, that Azusa Street building's on fire. And it got to the point where they said, 
when they would call the fire department, they said, hey, stop calling us. It's the Shekinah glory. Because they would come, and there would be no like literal fire. It would be the fire of God manifesting the Shekinah glory. And so like the fire department got tired of people calling and said, hey, that's the Shekinah glory. <laughs> and stop calling us. Because that's what it would look like. And I got scripture for that, like, Whoa. which is crazy in Exodus. And I have to read this to you guys. Because like, you're like, man, that seems like, that, that doesn't seem real. But this is happening. Happened in, in, uh, it happened there. And so Exodus 24, verses 15 through 17 and 18, says, Then Moses, and this is when God, God descended. The Israelites were led out of Egypt, and God descended on Mount Sinai, like in thick darkness. And like he came down in fire and said like there was smoke coming up from this mountain because he descended on it in fire. And he calls Moses to go up there and to meet with him. Like, and Moses was there, and he was there 40 nights. But, um, oh, man, I lost my spot. But I just want to read this about the glory of God that was manifested on there and what the people at the bottom saw. Because no, um, So it says, So then Moses went up the mountain, and he disappeared into the cloud, because there was a cloud, the cloud at the top. And the glory of the Lord rested upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. On the seventh day, he called to Moses from the cloud. Those at the bottom of the mountain saw the awesome sight. Here we go. The glory of the Lord on the mountaintop looked like a raging fire. Mm. And that's what Moses walked into. And Moses disappeared into the cloud-covered mountaintop and was there 40 days and 40 nights. And that's when God gave him the Ten Commandments, gave him the instructions on how to build the temple because God's presence wanted to be with the people. Man. And so uh, also part of these meetings, there was like a midst, uh, a cloud that would come in to the room, like a glory, what they would call like a Bethel school, they would call a glory cloud. And it would like, they say it would hover about a foot, about a foot. And there was this one lady who would lay down and just like bask in it and breathe in and breathe, breathe it in and breathe it out. And there was other times where like it would rise more than a foot and fill the whole room and then everybody would experience it. So I just want to talk about the glory real quick and the manifest presence of God and the Shekinah glory. And there's other scriptures about where the cloud filled the temple that Solomon built. And the ministers of God, the singers and musicians, the Levites, the priests, they came in. They had just finished the temple. They're dedicating the temple to the Lord. And they placed the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. And then, like what Amy was saying, kaboom. The glory cloud came, and the ministers couldn't even minister anymore. They're laid out. Boom. So you ever see people laid out by the presence and power of God? Mm-hmm. It's in the Bible, and it happens at these types of meetings. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to talk about that. Um, there's more I wanted to talk about William Seymour. He was the key figure that God led to birth the revival. He was an African-American man, a man of tremendous, tremendous humility. Say humility. Humility. Um, and God is just, like I said last week, God is so attracted to humility, yeah. so attracted. And he kind of reminds me of Moses in two ways. The Bible says that Moses, in his generation, when Moses was alive on earth, that he was the humblest man on the earth. Like, does that not make you want to go study Moses' life? Like, the humblest man on the earth. Incredible. And so, like, one of the things that William Seymour carried, like I said, was humility, deep man of humility, that when even the people that came to 
other ministers didn't like what was going on, didn't understand what was going on, and were come to come, come to these meetings to combat him. William Seymour won them over by his by that same humility that he carried. He won their hearts over. They fell in love with his character and couldn't contend with him anymore. They're like, man, this man is so humble. Like it just it just it it, it dropped their jaw how humble this man was because they said like he would they would come to these meetings to contend with them. They wanted to like disrupt these meetings because this is ministers of God. They didn't like what was going on. They didn't understand it. And he would just look at them and smile and and just and, and just his heart of humility totally won them over. But all that to say is the other way he reminded me of Moses, because when Moses came down from the mountain and when he would meet with God face to face in the tent, his face would glow from the glory of God. Like could you imagine that? Like you're so you spend so long in the presence of God that you're that your outer appearance is glowing, like your face was glowing. Like, I mean, this stuff's in the Bible. Like, that's another thing I wanted to say. Like, even these miracles that I want to talk about, and I probably don't have time to share all eight, but I'll share my favorite ones. But um, uh, they're in the, like, those kind of stuff are in this. They're not just at these revival meetings that we're talking about, and that's been in the past, church history's past. But like, this Bible, your Bible, did anybody bring their Bible? One person, that nice. He's got it on his phone. But like the Bible is chock full of God's miracles mm -hmm. and power and glory. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to, I, I just want to say that this is a kind of even just to lay a foundation before I even talk about some of the miracles. But this thing is chock full of miracles, mm -hmm. and it's amazing. It's and it's awesome to get lost in them and to study them because you learn about God's ways mm -hmm. and who He is. And so like when His power is released at these meetings, like man, it's it's absolutely incredible. So let's get to some miracles. Um, oh yeah, sorry, no. So yeah, I forgot about that. Thank you. <laughs> so his so his face and he goes, so what would, what Moses did, and what Moses would do would cover his face with a cloth because he didn't want people staring at him. Because people would start I think that the fear was like or the concern, not fear, but concern was like people would start worshiping him. Mm -hmm. It's like man, his face is glowing. Who is this man, you know? So he would cover it. So the people wouldn't focus on him, but focus on God. And so anyway, so what William Seymour would do before the meeting started, he would put, uh, or not before the meeting started, but when he came down to the meetings, the first thing he would do was take his seat and put a box over his head mm. and pray. Mm. Like, could you imagine that? And you just put a box over his head in the store, and, it, and it's told that he would put his box, this box over his head from anywhere from 10 minutes to over an hour. Whoa. Just praying, 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 praying. And, uh, and then when he would take the box off his head, that's when things started to happen. <laughs> and, that's when, like, and so one of the ways that the Shekinah glory, they said, began to manifest, he would take the box off his head. Then he would ask one of the worship leaders to play a song. And it was usually a song about the Holy Spirit. So they'd play a song about the Holy Spirit. Then he would ask the whole, um, he would ask everybody who was... Uh, Baptized in the Holy Spirit and had the gift of tongues and speaking in tongues to sing in the Spirit. So you had a room full of people singing in the Spirit, and and it would just take off. You're talking about the manifest presence of God, the, the Shekinah glory would come. And like it would fill the room, like I said, it would spill out to the streets, and that's when that flame of fire, they could see the flame of fire. And um uh, so anyway, so that's how he, the other way he reminds me of Moses, because he would put this box over his head. And it was, and it's also told that 
Um, I mean, there was, I think there was a few different reasons why the revival ended after three years, but one of the stories that's told is after three years, he stopped putting the box over his head, and that's when uh, the miracles stopped happening, and that's people would still get baptized in the Spirit and speak in tongues and, and whatnot, but the miracles started happening after he stopped putting the box over his head, and they don't know quite why he did, and it's maybe God told him to, but, um, but it's once he stopped putting that box over his head, the miracles stopped. It's crazy. Uh, but let's get to some of these miracles because they are just absolutely amazing. And I just, can I just pray real quick? Because I really guys want you guys to catch this and something to be imparted in your hearts to just to stir your faith in what God can do and, um, and what God is doing because people are walking in healing these days, um, laying their hands on the sick and they're healed. Not to the extent of what's, t- took a, what's taking place at these revivals, not to the extent of what Jesus walked in, but even Jesus said, greater, greater things you will do than me. Like, that's for you and me and for us. Like, greater things we will do than even him. That's crazy. Let that sink in. Greater miracles than Jesus. He rose the dead. He healed people. He delivered people from demons. I mean, he delivered this dude that, like, had, uh, says, a legion of demons. Like, that's a lot of demons. Like... Like, just one encounter, boom. Greater works that we would do. Greater works we would do than him. So, I'm going to go to the, the blind and drunk man. So, huh? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> thank you. I did not pray. You're my helper. Yes, thank you. I didn't want to pray because I just, like I said, I just really want you guys to just catch this and there's something to be imparted because mm-hmm. like we're not just sharing these things like God hasn't put this stuff on our hearts yeah for, for just to just oh let's look at these awesome things that took place but God really wants 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 you guys to catch something because mm-hmm. I, I one thing I'm believing for is like entire cities to get swept into the kingdom yeah nations like this is what Amy always talks about like the billion soul harvest mm-hmm. like and, that, and there's also the, the, the word that no disease known to man is going to stand against the body of Christ in that day. So you're talking about like AIDS here, like the worst diseases ever. Cannot stand in those, in those meetings when the presence of God comes. I mean, COVID-19. come on, COVID-19, yes. nothing. That's right. So let me pray real quick. Lord, I just pray, God, for an impartation tonight, God. An impartation, Lord, of... Of, of your power and your glory, Lord. Ah, in Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. So, first miracle, blind and drunk man. <laughs> so this blind man gets word, like, about, this is, this, again, this is the Azusa Street Revival, 1906, Los Angeles. This blind and drunk man uh, gets word that there's healing taking place. So he comes to this meeting just straight up drunk. Re- they say reeking of alcohol, blind. So he comes in, and uh, they said, do you want to get prayed for? And they said, yes. He said, that's why I came here. I heard things are going on. Boom. Eyes open, saved, and a stitch of alcohol completely gone. Whoa. And that man went on to be uh, a church planter in the Midwest where he planted many churches. So that was one of the, one of the, one of the miracles. And... This miracle I call the peg leg miracle. You know what a peg leg is? You know what a peg leg is? 
You ever see those, remember the pirates? You know, you see those pirates with the peg legs? But that was the kind of prosthetics they had back in that day where it would be like, uh, if you look it up, like look up prosthetics, at prosth I think I'm saying that right, but in 1906, they didn't have those things like we have now. But the, they would, uh, but it would be this, this thing, so the skies from the knee down or from the from from this from the knee up, was, his, the bottom of his leg was gone. <laughs> and he had like the, one of those prosthetics, and it was a wooden thing. So he comes to the meeting, and he actually has gangrene. Oh. Uh, in the at the bottom of his leg, where off the stub, he has gangrene. Say gangrene. Anybody know what gangrene is? G a n g r e n e. You can look it up. Google it. You look at a big, good hit Google or Google gangrene and then hit images. And it, <laughs> if if you can stomach it, it is it is nasty. Anyways, so he comes, he he's missing the bottom half of his leg, and he has gangrene. And William Seymour prays for the man. Oh, you looking at that? Looking. It's nasty. Yeah, you can die from that. You, yeah, you can. It's a really bad infection. It's like one of the worst infections you can get. Like most people that get it have to get that part of their body amputated. So was he coming? Well, he was coming because he wanted to get healed. He was coming because you know the testimonies are going out. So he came to get prayed for, and he got prayed for by William Seymour. And he, William Seymour had to had him take that that peg leg thing off, the prosthetic, and he prays for him. And then all of a sudden, and then boom, foot pops out. <laughs> that's how that yeah, wow. That's that, huh? Really quick? Yeah, that's how it's described. Uh, uh, and then boom, all of a sudden his foot pops out. And, and it says, like, they said, like, William Seymour did not preach that night because this man went nuts for like two hours. Like, in a good way, like, just praising the Lord. I mean, like, if you're late, I mean, something like that happened, I think we'd all be going nuts. To what, you know? So. And then I told you guys last week about the guy who, yep, <laughs> there it is, hey, all ten toes and everything, or uh, five toes. <laughs> so I told you guys last week about the guy who the, the arm grew out. So um, I want to give a little bit more details on that. This guy's arm, he, got a, he hurt it at work, and his, his arm had been missing for ten years, his right arm. It was missing for ten years. So he still worked at that same place with... With uh, he was a one-armed man. <laughs> he worked at that same place where he got hurt, but they paid him a lot less because he couldn't do as much. So they prayed for him, and his arm grew. And huh? You said he lost his arm, so we were all trying to see if he can find he it. Lost his arm, like he didn't know where it was. Oh, is it gone? No, okay. it was. It was like something happened at work, and it was gone. <laughs> but anyway, so when they were when they were praying for him. When they were praying for this man, they actually saw his bone growing out. And then they saw the tissue and the muscle and even the fingernails, then boom. And the story is this man went back to the same job that he was at, but he was getting paid a lot less because he had the one arm. Now he has two arms, he gets his old job back, so he gets paid more. And there was 200 people in this plant that knew about this whole incident, knew about the whole thing. All 200 of them, including the owner, get saved. And go to the Azusa Street Revival and uh, encounter the Lord. Oh my goodness. So that was that one. I'm going to go to another one where there, so there was this woman who had crushed legs. She goes to the meeting and gets prayed for and she gets healed. 
They said her, the, the, how I heard it was that her legs were all knotted up somehow, they got crushed. Boom, she gets completely healed. So fast forward to like, I don't know what year, but like maybe probably in the 60s, maybe 70s, she's still alive. And this man named Tommy, um, who I, uh, I won't get into his story, but wants to see her legs. He heard about this testimony, she's still alive. She's almost 100, he wants to see her legs. Wow. And so, he, so she goes, he goes to meet her, and uh, her, anyways, like I said, she's almost 100, and her legs looked like a young woman's legs. The rest of her body was all wrinkly, you know, whatever, like a hundred, almost a hundred year old look, but her legs were like, looked like a young lady's legs, like one of your guys' legs, you know? Whoa. One of your legs, yeah, it's crazy. When God, you know, when, I mean, when God heals and restores, he heals and restores. Yeah, by the power. Yeah, absolutely by the power of God. Wow. Okay, um, just real quick. Well, I want to save a couple while Danny's out. But anyways, people would come in with big, gnarly, nasty tumors, and they would get prayed for, and they would fall off and be on the floor. So they had. To, there was one lady who would sweep them up in a dustpan and have to go throw them out. Oh. Had to go throw them out in the trash. I wonder how much you get paid for that. <laughs> Isn't that nasty? So I had to look at them like. Google images tumors <laughs> just to see what kind of stuff was falling out. And you can see some of the ones that are, I don't know if you've ever seen a tumor on somebody where it's outward, it's nasty, it's gnarly, it's gross. So these things would fall off. Huh? That's how all three of my dogs died. So. Oh, tumors? Yeah. yeah. So you can picture it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we know, we know what they look like. Um, they said it was just like a ball of lead and tissue. Nasty, yeah. <laughs> they, would, they would fall off, so somebody had to keep the place clean. <laughs> so that was so that was one of the, this lady's job. But I'm gonna get to my favorite three, or no, my favorite two, and then just one more. It gets better. It gets better. Say it gets better. <laughs> one of my favorite ones was missing teeth being restored. By a lady named Lucille. Say Lucille. Lucille. That she was a tiny little lady, but she would pray for people, and what she would do is she would stick her finger where the missing tooth was, wow. press on it, kind of hard till till the tooth, and, and she would command the tooth to come forth, and she would press it hard because she was waiting for the tooth to grow before it pushed her finger out of the person's mouth. And she so, put her finger in their mouth. She put her finger in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And so I got a missing tooth tonight, and uh, I need a volunteer. <laughs> you know. But yeah, and so, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. And then sometimes there was some nasty stuff, so she'd put a handkerchief over her finger for some people that, you know, if it was really nasty. But the same thing, and the teeth would grow out. And, uh, and there, was one, there was times where people had all their teeth missing, all of them. And she would go put her finger on each one where the tooth was supposed to be in. So that's one of my favorite ones, and uh, the last couple of days I've been putting my finger in this missing <laughs> tooth, but it hasn't grown out. <laughs> hasn't grown out. Yet. No. Um, so okay, so that's one, and this is a, a kind of a gory one. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. You guys okay with gory? Mm-hmm. And the story's kind of gory too, but it's really cool. And there's actually there's a story that's kind of similar in the Bible. Um, so there was this lady who came in the meeting in pain. She had this coverage. Her her head was covered. She had like this cloth over her head, and she was in pain because her ear had been bitten off. <laughs> so, so the story is, she 
she, she catches her husband, unfortunately cheating on her, and gets in the fight with the, with the woman that was having the affair with her husband, and that woman bit her ear off. <laughs> I don't know what kind of fight they were in, but that's not Good Lord. So, so, so she came in, not the same night, but the next night after, and she's coming in, and she's in pain. And uh, this woman in the meeting says, can I pray for you? And so she, she takes a look, and we have to see where, and she just said, she just see like a little bit of flesh and just, just nasty, bloody, um, ear, ear gone. Just, what's that? It was the next day. It was the next day. It wasn't even like the same day. It was the next day. This lady came in in a lot of pain and, uh, just has a little bit of flesh there and the ear gone. And so she gets prayed for and the, and this lady's praying for her while the cloth is down and, and all of a sudden lady goes, the pain is gone. And I, and I feel like a tingly sensation. So the lady that was praying for her picks up the cloth to see her ear, and all of a sudden, poof, there's her ear, completely restored. Wow. And so that story reminded me of when Jesus had to heal a man's ear. Do you guys know that story? Mm-hmm. When Peter cut off the ear mm-hmm. in the Garden of Gethsemane? You know, and I don't know if you guys know this, but do you think he was aiming for the ear? No, he was aiming for that dude's head. That end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God, I mean, if he hit the head and killed the dude, Jesus could have raised him right back to life, but Jesus, you know, heals the man's ear right there on the spot. Because one of the things with that, yeah, I won't get into what, why Peter did that, but uh, um, anyways, just incredible miracles like that. And so the last one I want to share, so I ended up sharing all of them, but the last one I want to share was a man who came to him with crippled hands. And this reminds me of a story in the Bible, too, where Jesus healed a man with a shriveled, you guys know that story? Jesus went into the synagogue one day, and there was a man with a shriveled hand, and he heals him, heals the man's hand. So this man comes to the meeting with crippled hands. They were crippled from arthritis. And the thing about this man was he, um, he made his living by playing the piano. But now he can't play the piano. They're crippled. So he comes in the meeting, and uh, this man wasn't William Seymour. It was this other man was just full of faith. Said, you know, here's the man's story. He says, come up here. Sit on the piano bench. Mm-hmm. The man sits up on the piano bench. The piano, obviously, the piano is in front of him. And he prays for him. Then he says, play the piano. And the guy stretches out his arms to play the piano. But it's, you know, to put his hands on the keys. And all of a sudden, they hear pop, 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 pop. Hands completely restored. And he got his job back. Wow. <laughs> that was just like, yeah, that was like the, the, the bigger miracles that took place. And actually, I got one more. You got one ready for one more? Yeah. There were children in these meetings as young as six years old walking up to people that are in wheelchairs, laying their hands on them and praying for them, and those people getting healed. Mm-hmm. Six-year-olds praying for them? Yep. As young as six years old. So just absolutely stunning, absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, for me, just even just, I knew about the Azusa Revival prior to this, mm-hmm. but I, don't, I didn't know it like I, I'm getting to know it now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it's stirring me up, and I hope it's stirring you guys up, mm-hmm. um, not only about Azusa, but about the Brownsville, because, mm-hmm. man, I'm like, God's going to do something. We don't know when these things are going to take place or when this, like, this big revival is coming. Mm-hmm. But, but he's preparing you guys now. 
Yeah. He's preparing the guys now. And so don't take it lightly, these things that, that we're sharing with you guys. Mm-hmm. And just take them to heart and, you know, take them to the bank that we're even, even going to see greater things. Mm-hmm. You are part of a generation that's going to see greater things. Mm-hmm. Greater, greater, greater things than these things we're even sharing. Mm-hmm. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. Believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. But anyways, that's all, that's all I have to share tonight. So good, Jason. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um,